0: Hey, this is Justin Hanover with Fitness Business Foundations Podcast. And if you want to build a world-class communication skills, you should be listening to the Art of Communication Podcast with my Greek friend, Greg Rice.
1: Welcome to the Art of Communication, where entrepreneurs learn to grow their business more effectively through mastering their ability to connect to others. Whether you're looking to increase revenue, widen your network, or just getting others to buy into your vision, we'll help you dramatically transform your business and life by communicating more effectively, improving your leadership skills, and reinvesting time back into your family. You're only one good conversation away from transforming your business and your life, so let's start the conversation with your host, Greg Rice.
2: Hey guys, today I'm
1: talking with Justin Hanover.
2: Justin is a very successful fitness entrepreneur who owned multiple gyms for about a decade or so. Today he focuses on helping other fitness entrepreneurs achieve that same level of success. He's also the host of the Fitness Business Foundations podcast. And this was a pretty powerful episode. One of the things I loved is that he shared his model for coaching, motivation, and transformation, which was just really good stuff. Um, he tells the story of how he built his gym completely organically one relationship at a time. It's all about communication and relationship building. And we even get into how him and his wife, who's actually his co-owner, uh, communicate effectively in both work and personal contexts. So my biggest takeaway from this one is, is just how important it is to understand the mindset of the person that you're trying to develop and, and really getting deep in understanding their why. Uh, I'll tell you, this is a great episode for you if you're doing any sort of coaching, mentoring, or leading, whether you're in the fitness industry or not. Justin, thank you for joining us with the Art of Communication podcast today. How are you doing? I'm
0: doing well. I'm super happy to be here today, Greg. I'm I'm excited to be able to do these. I love doing these to be able to to get back and and provide value to different audiences.
2: Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Looking forward to that. And I'm excited about kind of the different angle that you can bring to the whole communication conversation we've been having from a fitness perspective, right? I mean, you certainly bring the entrepreneurial side, but you've done a ton of work in fitness. So I want to get into that and, and talk about... Communication in that arena, right? how do you build a gym membership? How do you build that over time and maintain that? How do you motivate folks to transform their lives physically and get into some of those kinds of things? but before we dive in, I'd just love to hear a little bit about your journey and, and how you ended up getting into the fitness industry, how you ended up owning a gym and and what did that look like?
0: Yeah, no absolutely. so kind of like the the short story is like when I was going to school in high school, and even uh, that stuff i I just never felt like that was the right place for me and I didn't end up going to college i actually I went to uh, kind of a trade school specific fo- like focused on architectural drafting, which was quite the opposite of what I ended up actually ended up doing, but at that time I, I thought that was the the logical thing. I felt like it was the thing that like society or my family wanted me to go into and six months into that I realized this is not what I want this is not the life I want and it's just dropped out and that's when I went into personal training and I was always resistant to that at first because I was like I've I'm, I've never been like a huge muscular guy or anything like that so I've always was like kind of shaming myself in the sense of like oh no you don't deserve to to do that you don't have to tell people what to do with that but I got over that hurdle, uh, and went for my personal training certification Mm -hmm. and started my own business. This is, and then this all happened at like, when I was like 18 going to 19. Mm -hmm. Um, so I officially actually started the business at 19, started doing it like mobile, um, going to people's homes. And I had a couple of corporate accounts where I did like some bigger, like bootcamp style classes for all (laughs) the employees. And that's kind of like what carried me for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I had an opportunity to open up a small little facility right on Main Street in our town. It was like maybe 500 square feet, um, very small, but I didn't care. It was just like, it was an opportunity and I was going to run with it. So I got that uh, and within a year, I went from Zero clients to like forty clients, and that's when I started scaling. From there, I opened up another facility, a little bit bigger. We started doing the group classes. Um, then I made a jump to like a three thousand square foot space, and then at the end of it, or we ended up in um, a six thousand square foot facility, um, wow. is where uh, I finished off that journey.
2: <laughs> wow! Wow! So that's some pretty dramatic growth once you kind of found your niche there. What did you find is the key to kind of getting folks in the door, getting them to commit for a long period of time, right? And build those relationships and drive that growth.
0: It's like what you just said there, relationships. That's that was a hundred percent what I focused on. Cause in the beginning, when I started, I had no money. I literally had like maybe two thousand dollars in my account and especially since I obviously started with like the mobile side of things. It was, I just was able, I just Mm -hmm. bought whatever equipment could fit in my trunk and basically just use that equipment once I got into the smaller space. So I, and I didn't really add anything. It was was just, it was just that. So it really wasn't anything fancy, but what I, what I could do is focus on the relationship. So focus on the way that I'm connecting with people and really just showing that I cared. And that's what I a hundred percent focused on. And, Mm -hmm. and that led to like, all, my growth was 100% organic and people referring constantly. And it was just because I, I just showed them that I cared and listened to them uh, and provided a good service uh, and, of course, got them results. But first and foremost, I mean, it was the relationship building first is what got me to where I was. And even the opportunity to even get into that, that first space was all built on a relationship and, and and somebody believing in me like I was when I mm-hmm. before I had that space opportunity I was going around like putting flyers in people's mailboxes and stuff and the only person that responded to me ended up being that guy that owned that that space um, oh, wow. and I, I started with training his wife and his daughter at like another place wherever and and eventually came to like uh, without like, kind of going too much detail he offered like brought brought to me to the space and like hey would this be something interesting to you um. And I was like, Yeah, absolutely. So we checked it out. And and over this time, this is already like maybe six, seven months into us like having a relationship established. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, be honest, with you, I mean, I don't really have any clients to bring with me here. So I mean this would be a huge risk. And he's like you know what, I, I'll give you your first three months rent-free. Like, I just, I really believe in you. And like, I, I see wow. you have that, like that fire in you. And it's like, I, I, I see you like myself in you. You know, I mean, he's like a kind of a well-known entrepreneur in our area as well. So he gave me that opportunity and then it'll start from building that relationship first. So everything kind of stemmed from there. <laughs>
2: Wow. So much there. So one, something I always kind of recognize is you out there putting flyers in mailboxes, right? And <laughs> yeah. you're probably feeling like, oh, I hate doing this, right? This is going to lead anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And only one person responded, but that one person meant so much to your growth from that point. If you hadn't done that, yeah. you might not and be here knows? today.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: So you got to knock on that door. You got to open that door. You got to take that step that you think might yeah. not be successful you got to be confident go for it because something will work out but you'll never know if you don't try 100 um, percent.
0: you just got to have that blind faith sometimes
2: yeah yeah the other thing that jumped out at me was how you built the relationship with him and his family you delivered value and he got to know you and believe in you and that led to things you didn't even ask for that right you didn't even know that was an option but sometimes no. when you deliver yeah. value for folks good things happen they, they want to help you and so that that's just an amazing story Yeah. No. Absolutely.
0: And and it's just it's a a, it's a combination of opportunity and putting the effort in and taking the action and and that's when that's when beautiful things can happen.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So did you have to raise any other funding along the way as you grew? No,
0: I didn't really it take any funding until we took the step to jump into that 6,000 square foot space. Mm -hmm. But up until that point, and that was maybe seven years into the business when I did that. But up until that point, everything is self-funded. Um, if I couldn't afford it with cash, I wasn't doing it. Pretty Uh, great place to be in. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it definitely, it kept me in check and it forced me to really learn how to manage money earlier on, not thinking like, oh, I, I got this fifty thousand dollar loan, and let me just so everything had to be really thought out uh, and make sure that I'm getting the most bang for my buck. And then once I did jump to that six thousand square foot space, um we did take like I think it was like a forty thousand dollar loan to upgrade mm-hmm. to like the mats and, and equipment and stuff like that to to fit that type of space.
2: But you didn't have to go making the rounds of, of local investors trying to raise money to get started. So that, that's a great place to be when you don't have to do that.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. It was completely bootstrapped as much as bootstrapped can be. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. So let's, let's talk a little bit about tra- helping somebody transform physically, right? It's certainly a mountain to get over from a personal perspective if you're maybe unhealthy or unfit and you want to get fit, but it's really hard to motivate yourself sometimes. So as a personal trainer, how did you kind of communicate with folks to build that trust and motivation for them to transform their lives?
0: Well, over time, I mean, that was like a transformation in itself for me uh, <laughs> because earlier on, I, I I I believed more in the superficial aspect of fitness and like in the sense of thinking that it, it like the workouts really ha- like had a drastic effect on that person's ability to have success. And yes, of course their piece of a puzzle, but over time, I really learned that it's what matters more of what's going in their head. Like, like mm-hmm. how, what their headspace is like, what their mindset is like. So my emphasis over time really became more on the mindset piece and less on the exercise piece. Uh, because ultimately I've, if you can't change someone habit, someone's habits and instill new habits, Uh, then that whatever the transformation or whatever the outcome is that they want isn't going to happen and you can give them all the fancy workouts that you want it's not going to matter so that's where it's a combination of kind of meeting them with what they think they want with what they actually need so it's you kind of have to Mm -hmm. disguise it (laughs) like you have to like lead with like it, it sounds terrible and it's like that's it, with like in the sense of the fitness space, like speaking to women, like, Oh, they, they all, they want a nice butt, like, and it's stuff like, and it's like, that's the kind of terminology you got to use, even though it sounds terrible, but that's what they, that's what draws them in and that's what they want. Mm-hmm. But you got to use that to then give them what they actually need. And that's the, the approach that you have to take, especially with being a coach. I mean, cause you can't, if you're kind of, if you're just constantly pushing your agenda with what you know, they need and it's not speaking their language, then you won't be able to help them. They won't see you as a source of like, oh, he gets me. He can help me. And you have to be able to speak their language to be able to get them in. Because if you can't get somebody in front of you, then you, you can't you can't provide the actual service. Then
2: yeah. So does it come down to goal setting and them goal setting in their own words or getting them motivated to make the change, like <laughs> to flip that switch and get them. Shifting from hey, I want a nice butt to you know, I want to be healthy and this is why
0: Yes. Yeah, I mean it starts out as that But hopefully I mean the, the goal is in the conversation that you're having with that person to begin with You're able to uncover what the actual reason is that they want to make this change Because mm-hmm. that's ultimately going to be the driver they, they lead with I want to lose weight I want to look good in my bikini. I want to like look good on my vacation. I want to look good for my wedding That's what they'll lead with but there's an emotional trigger underneath that that's actually driving them because there has to be something that's happening uh, or has happened um, that's causing a trigger reaction for them to want to go and do something and sign up for something that is uncomfortable <laughs> um, mm-hmm. At the end of the that's day, I mean there's, there's nothing there's mm-hmm. nothing comfortable about Pushing yourself and making yourself do something that is hard mm-hmm. So there has to be that strong of an emotional trigger That's making that person do that. So the really the ultimate goal over time, if you're not able to figure it out in the beginning is under uncovering what that actual emotional trigger is, because then once you uncover that emotional trigger, then you can keep speaking to that.
2: And that comes from asking good questions, I assume, right? Asking good questions and and, and not being afraid to
0: ask. Yeah,
2: Yeah, no, that's critical.
0: that's the, that's the big thing because in the beginning I was I mean, not having the confidence. I wouldn't I wouldn't dive deep. I wouldn't go there. I, I was just like, oh, okay, you want to lose weight? Great. Okay, let's go from there. <laughs> um, but as you get more confidence, then you start asking the questions. Okay, why do you want to lose weight? Well, I want to lose weight from what? Okay, well, what about that is making that so urgent for you to do that now? You know, I mean, and just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper until you can like uncover what it is that they're actually here for.
2: Yeah, the five whys, right? Keep asking why until yeah. you really get to that true meaning. And then, what uh, promise what they want, but give them what they need. Right? Yes. That's always the yes. saying. But and what they want is part of what they need. But so Absolutely. you're not you're not not delivering, but you're over delivering to what they truly need. So that's that's really yeah. interesting and powerful. And I think that applies. All the stuff we just talked about applies to any coaching or mentoring Absolutely. or even leadership management type of relationship. So I think 100%. it's a really powerful model to think about. So to change topics a bit, I, I know that you own the gym with your wife for a number of years, right? And you guys are almost like business partners and a lot of folks struggle, I think, to manage family in business. Certainly, I don't think I could run a business with my wife. You know, we would butt heads way too much. So I'd just love to hear your thoughts on how you communicate as a couple and as a family productively around the business and personally.
0: Yeah, with... Um and I mean, this is not being, of course, we had, we had challenges with this and, and difficult situations that we had to overcome, of course, but it's kind of like, it, it just worked in the sense of my leadership and in, in the way that I do things is like, I 100% like allow people to find their way and own that you know, and let them like navigate that themselves. And I'll like, just be there to kind of like, like a bumper. And that's kind of how you like, handled it with Lindsay when she came on board with the business, I never told her what to do. I never said like this is where you're going to be providing value to the business. It was more or less okay, you're here now let's figure out like figure out what what you want to do how you're going to contribute to this uh, and, and so she had to go through her own self discovery process of like where she fit with the business and ended up being like we we provided two completely different. Resources to the business, so we never like overstepped, like stepped each other's boundaries. Where like I focused more on the business and the back end of things, she focused more on the front end coaching aspect. So we both allowed each other to like, okay, you handle both of those things. We'll like we'll collaborate when we need to, but like, we each have our own space that we kind of run. Um, So it allowed to work very well. And then just with like, the kind of the craziness of the day, I mean, like, people think like you're around each other all the time, but you're really not. Like, you may be in the same building, but you're not like, it's not like you're like having that actual, like, physical or emotional connection with that person all day long. I mean, it's just not Mm -hmm. happening. So when you are actually able to talk with like to talk to your wife or spouse, whatever at home. It's like it's totally different. So it's it's not like it's not like what people think. But with that being said, it, it, there are times where it can get difficult to draw the line. Like, you know, I mean, I, was, I mean, being an entrepreneur, I mean, like your work doesn't shut off. Like it doesn't just mm-hmm. stop because it's five o'clock. Things come home, baggage comes home. If if you have emotional day, like that comes home. So like, that's where it can be difficult sometimes, and you have to like. Each person, each couple has to be able to navigate. Like, what's the best way for you to kind of decompress and unload that, and then now reframe your mind? Okay, we're home. We're on a relationship now. But there is no perfect. Like I say people like chase balance. I think it's more integration you know, is mm-hmm. what is what should be striving for. It's just not going to happen. And I think if you keep trying to do that, you're, you're chasing something that doesn't exist. And whereas integration is what matters more because, like, your life and your business should be intertwined i mean your business is an extension of you so if you're not in a business that can complement your life then that's a problem right there and you're always mm-hmm. going to have issues then so that's first and foremost i mean that your business should be adding value to your life not taking away from it and that's why like, Lindsay and i've personally we've made some changes personally just because of that reason because like that's it's so crucial i mean you have to put your life first business second uh, and, and then you have to make sure that the business is like i said adding value to what it is that you like the way you want to live.
2: I yeah, couldn't agree more. And I think a lot of times folks don't think about that, right? They, they see the flashy opportunity or the big dollar signs and they go after it, but yeah. they're miserable and their family's miserable. And you got to think about how it all, how it all comes together and how it impacts the overall quality of your life. A hundred percent.
0: And like, you're more than not, because you're hitting this tiny, tiny object, you're going to miss the bigger thing that was coming along.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I think you have to ask yourself the five whys, right? You have to get down into, why do I really want to do this? If I do do this, what's that going to look like um, for me to be able to do this successfully before you take any steps? So that's definitely interesting. But first, have you guys ever struggled to gain traction driving paid traffic while it seems like your competitors are just having a lot more success? If so, then you're going to love what I put together for you. I mean, how about a free analysis of you versus your top three competitors To gain clarity around what is really working and what isn't and where the opportunities are. Does that sound good? Well, I've partnered with some of the best in the paid traffic business to create inflection marketing. I only partner with the best. No one has more experience. These guys have been doing it since 2001, and they've been helping companies win paid traffic across all channels, including Google, Microsoft, and Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Amazon. And here's the best part, for anyone who sets up a consultation appointment, we'll provide you with a free competitive analysis comparing your paid-per-click advertising versus your competitors, looking at things like messaging, keywords, volume, and cost-per-click. And there's no obligation for this. It'll give you the foundation that you need to succeed, whether you decide to work with us or not. So to learn more about how we can help you take your digital marketing game to the next level and drive a true inflection in your paid traffic as well as get your complimentary competitive analysis, go to gregjrice.com backslash inflection. That's gregjrice.com backslash inflection to schedule a quick discussion to see if there may be a fit here or not. So with that, let's dive into our interview. So you mentioned that you've made some changes. Um, I know that today you're focusing on coaching fitness, right? So tell me a little bit about that.
0: Yeah. I just like from over time of running the business, uh, I've learned that me personally, I love the, I just love the business side of things. Um, And I love connecting with like people in the fitness industry because they're very heart centered people. But I wasn't so much in love with the actual delivery of the service. Like in the sense of like getting people to lose weight and stuff like that. Like Mm -hmm. over time, like it's just became the, the business piece became that love for me. So that's where like we made a decision to walk away from our fitness facility because it just, it wasn't fulfilling to us. Um, And it just wasn't leading us down the path that at that now, 10 years later, we knew we needed to be on. So, and and people thought, I mean, it's like, I mean, we're leaving a very profitable business um, and walking away from it. But I mean, that's that's the power of understanding like your purpose and like following your path. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did. I mean, because like ultimately, like, like we said, like your life and like feeling fulfilled is the most important thing. I can care less um, if I have a million dollar company that is like destroying my life.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so you sell the gym and then you step out into the world to build your coaching business. What, what probably scary, right? Um, what steps did you take to start to, you probably already had a network to leverage, I take it, right? Cause you'd been in the business for a while.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I already had some influence. Um, I did have to do some like audience building myself. Mm-hmm. Um, just the fact, I mean, obviously like majority of like my audience at the time was like clients, um, mm-hmm. clients, past clients, stuff like that. So there was definitely a redirect focus of who I was targeting and like the type of person I was bringing in. But uh, doing the podcast, I mean, my podcast is what kind of like started spurring that even more and bringing more attention to what it is that I'm offering now.
2: Yeah. And no, I was certainly going to get that. I'm curious. So tell us a little bit about the podcast and, and what you're doing with that.
0: Yeah. So um, the podcast called the Fitness Business Foundations, mm-hmm. and basically, what I'm doing is. It's just like being like kind of raw and and just sharing everything about the 10 years that I've learned in the fitness industry and what really like should be focusing on with growing a business that's solid, but then also contributing to your life. Um, because like in these types of businesses, any type of like service business, it's so easy to be like a slave to your business because it, it, it's it's a service. It's you providing like a service. So it's like, it's so easy to get caught up in doing so many different roles that next thing you know, you're going from five in the morning till nine o'clock at night, seven days a week. I mean, and, and then you have no life. So that's the more the, the the attention that I'm bringing to it. And I also bring on different guests, um, different facility owners to share their own journey. Because I think it's very powerful to learn from what other people have gone through and the successes and failures uh, and be able to pull apart what makes sense for you. You So I bring on different facility owners and different experts in different areas, whatever it be like sales, marketing. I mean, it doesn't really matter. I mean, whatever I feel like will best serve the audience. And my whole approach is like, I'm just, I'm not into the fluff. Um, I'm not going to tell people like, Oh, just, just focus on growing like uh, get, uh, getting massive leads every every uh, month and and that's going to build a solid business and it's like not that's not what i do i do the opposite of that <laughs> uh, so it's that's really the, the approach that i take um with uh, my coaching and the podcast
2: yeah yeah that's that's really interesting so if, if you own a gym or if you're in the fitness industry you definitely want to check that podcast out a lot of very valuable nuggets there for you to help you run your own business more effectively so I know that you also had a big event recently, right? Maybe in the last week or so. So, so tell me a bit about that.
0: Yes, yeah, I hosted uh, my first virtual summit. Really, it was really cool. It was awesome to like connect with the people that I did. Uh, we had thirteen guest speakers on there. You know, it was all around disaster proofing your business. And when I say that, what I mean is like really building a solid business, one that has a solid financial back one that has systems uh, in place. So you're not fragile. So whatever happens in the economy or world, uh, like you are in a power position to be able to make decisions from an abundance mindset, not scarcity mindset. And that was the approach in the, strategically why I brought on these specific speakers to talk on different topics from being able to guide your business through the metrics um, and truly understand your numbers. Um, I mean, most small businesses in general don't even do this. Um, they just make decisions based on, oh, I got money in the account this, today. Let's, let's buy that. Or mm-hmm. no let's not do this. Or like, so they're just making decisions based on impulses um, and not actually like being able to see the future and see the trends of their business and paying to what normalcy is in their business uh, and being able to make decisions and not go for the shiny object and avoid some pitfalls uh, because the numbers don't lie. Um, so that was a big push in that. And, and also the whole like restructuring your your models for profit um, and making sure that you're not doing the, the old way of doing it, where it's like sales minus expenses equals profit, it, sales Uh, Minus profit equals expenses Um, and changing the way you restructure your bank accounts I mean that in Mm -hmm. itself like focusing on those two things are a massive shift in your business um, And and will put you in a a much stronger position And I think it's unfortunate because it's just not the sexy thing um, that a lot of people want to focus on Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's those are the those two foundations that are going to Like be the difference maker whether you're a business that can survive things
2: for sure. Are you planning to do something like that in the future?
0: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So like I said, we just did our, our first one this past Saturday. I'm uh, Probably going to plan to do the next one for probably like mid-August is what I'm probably shooting for.
2: Got it. So definitely keep an eye out for that if you're interested. So I wanted to ask you a few questions to ask everybody who comes on the show. The first one is around the power of conversations. And I asked every guest to tell me about a conversation that they've had in their life that was really meaningful and impactful for them and the path that they ended up taking. Uh, I I think
0: it goes back to what I told you in the beginning, that conversation I had with my, I consider him like my first mentor um, who gave me that opportunity and him sitting and talking to me and, and, sh- and sharing like his belief for me, it like skyrocketed me. Like I was, it was, it, it just gave me this like unbelievable confidence to step forward and like like that literally was the beginning of everything that one conversation that we had. So, I mean, like I said, like, had that not happened, I mean, who knows what the story would have been like.
2: Yeah. You'd be surprised at how many folks have had similar answers to that question, right? Somebody believed in them. Somebody told them that they had higher expectations than they had for themselves. And that certainly that that suddenly opened up their eyes to what they might be able to achieve and gave them the motivation to do it. Um, But I also powerful, Yeah, I also look at it from folks who I'm coming across where I might be that person that could give the advice and not wanting to miss that opportunity because if I don't give that advice, maybe they don't get that opportunity and then, uh, you know, I'm not contributing to the world like I could be.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I definitely agree with that. I mean, we're here here to share our gifts and, and, and be able to see other people succeed just as much as we are
2: yeah for sure for sure so second question if you think about your journey so far and kind of all the challenges successes you had if you could have had one communication skill and more abundance that would have made it all easier what would that have been
0: i would say like it definitely in terms of leadership um when it comes to teams that was definitely the area that i lacked a lot in especially in the beginning i I was not good at setting expectations not clear communication um, in that sense because i was the kind of person that was like okay it needs to get done just do it like mm-hmm. like if you see it needs to get done just do it like that's kind of how i operate and that doesn't work really well obviously with uh, with everybody and not everybody thinks that way so that's where i definitely dealt with um, a lot of hiring issues and just mm-hmm. team development in the beginning because i never i never set those clear ground rules and expectations of them, and I, that's and I obviously I take complete ownership of it. it was not their fault. I never set them up for success, and I just figured, okay, like that's my mindset. They have, they must think that way too.
2: Yeah, critical, critical, and I think it's especially hard when you're coming from a position of delivering whatever the service is, right, or doing whatever you're asking them to do, but you've done it really well because you always yeah. feel like you can do it better than they can and it's hard for you to tell them how to do it better. I struggled with that for years and coaching analysts on on how to do certain types of analytics, I kind of knew the answer. I couldn't get them to see it. So I just said, I'm just going to do it. you know. And <laughs> then they didn't learn and it just wasn't good for anybody. I had to work yeah. twice as hard. It was a yep. bad situation. So definitely Absolutely. something I had to learn as well. Next question. Who's the best communicator that you know? Either know of or know personally and, and why do you say that about them? Say
0: probably one of my, one of my mentors, you know, he, was, he was, started out as one of my clients and he became a really good friend. This guy is, uh, he, he, like by definition, I would say is an expert communicator. <laughs> like that's just what he does. That's what he does for the living. You know, and he owns a couple of businesses and stuff like that, but he's really good at like letting you know he's hearing you and Connecting with people on a deep level, uh, and then also connecting the right people together, and like he has taught me so much over the years, and he always like kind of led me by example, like and showed the way to do it by doing it himself. And so he was always somebody that I emulated uh, very much, um, and like and over the years, he just became a very good friend. And uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I would have to say, like, just the and he's somebody that has dedicated his life to also studying communication that's something like he he sees communication as like one of the top skills mm. to have and he is he's sought after like to come into different uh corporations to train their executive team on communication skills so like it's just it's what he does so that is uh yeah i mean i would have to be like foolish for me not to say him <laughs> <laughs>
2: Sounds like the kind of guy I should get to know. So, yes, um, yeah,
0: I can, I can definitely hook you up
2: with him. <laughs> now, it sounds like we cer- certainly have some passions in common. So that, that's awesome. Well, last question for you, where can people find you?
0: Um, you can definitely connect with me like on the, the fitness business side. I'm on Instagram. My um, handle is just uh, fitness.business.foundations. And that's where, again, I'll, I'm posting all my stuff on like fitness business coaching about my podcast. And then on Facebook, just Justin Hanover. I'm active there as well.
2: Great. Well, great stuff today, Justin. I loved all the stuff about kind of how to drive motivation and coach individuals. I think that stuff is particularly valuable for folks to hear. So I I really appreciate your time today. Absolutely. I was honored to be here.
1: Thanks. Don't let the momentum stop now. Continue your path towards connecting at another level by joining the Communication Nation. We'll be discussing today's topics as well as more real-world solutions to transforming your life, personally and professionally, at facebook.com slash groups join the communication nation. Remember, you're only one good conversation away from transforming your business and life, and that conversation starts right here on The Art of Communication.